Well, Ms. Janice, uh, mm -hmm. to start today, uh, would you just introduce us to yourself and share a bit about how you've become a leader in our community? Okay. Well, again, my name is Janice Harris, and the first thing I want you to know that I'm a Christian. Yeah. That's the first thing. I truly believe and try to model the life of Jesus Christ in my life. That's mm -hmm. the, the main thing that I want people to know about me. Um, I'm a member of Canaan Christian Church in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, my pastors are Reverend um, Walter Malone, senior. And I was introduced to church at a young age. I was raised by my grandparents. Mm -hmm. uh, and we went to Elk Creek Missionary Baptist Church down in um, Taylorsville. Okay. But at that time, I was young and, you know, little kid, didn't really get into church, never confessed Christ, never got baptized or anything. Um, and being young and not really understanding the Bible, I was, you know, just a little kid. And being with my grandparents, of course, um, um, I really didn't get that understanding because they were older and trying to raise a younger person was working. So um, this is funny to say, but, you know, as you grow older, you want to get out and do more. Well, my grandparents were kind of strict and didn't like for me to go places. But I had an aunt and uncle who were involved uh, in the faith of Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm. And they started coming and getting me and taking me places. And I was excited because, hey, I'm going places. I'm not stuck at home anymore. So I kind of got wrapped up into the Jehovah's Witness faith mm. for a bit. Mm. Um, not really understanding, but hearing. Um, you know, all the limitations that, that that religion has and so forth wasn't really applying to me because I was still celebrating Christmas when we weren't supposed to celebrate Christmas. And, and then as I got older, I realized that I wasn't really doing what God wanted me to do. Mm -hmm. um, I started questioning things that, that faith was talking about and, and everything. So eventually, um, by that time I got into high school, met my husband. Um, and he started uh, witnessing and talking to me about Christ. Mm -hmm. And uh, at that time, I started going to church with him, still going to the Kingdom Hall, but still trying to go to church. And it came to a point where I had I was straddling the fence, mm -hmm. and I had to make a decision what I truly wanted to do. And I really wanted to know Christ, and I didn't feel like I knew Christ. Mm -hmm. So um, I, as I said, my husband, he witnessed to me, and I accepted Christ and uh, started attending Clay Street. You've, you've used your gifts. You're leading in lots of ways, not just in your church, yes. but in our community. Um, and, you know, especially right now, as um, the racial divide and racial yes. tension is, is really high, uh, it's easy to look at other communities and, and not deal with what's happened or um, what's happening in ours. Uh, it's kind of easy just to think about over there. So would you speak into that and share how that's led to your leadership in something here in Shelbyville uh, called the Remembrance Project? Okay. Um, over the years, we've seen many changes in our local community. We've had some good times. You know, we've had some bad times. Mm -hmm. I can recall as a young person, um, my aunt going to Lincoln Institute. Mm -hmm. And I remember as a young person, oh, I want to go there, you know. But I didn't really understand that why they were going to Lincoln Institute, it was because they couldn't go to a white school. Mm -hmm. um, it was an, um, Lincoln was an all-black boarding high school. Uh, it was operated between 1912 and 1966. And the school was created by Berea College 
so that African Americans had a place to go. I didn't know any of that history. Mm -hmm. So I remember thinking, I want to go there when I get older. You know. But uh, living in rural Shelby County, I grew up in Simpsonville, right where the mall is. Um, I didn't get that recognition of racism. Mm -hmm. um, kids I went to school with, we were friends. Um, the Parnells and um, the Cottrells that lived down in Simpsonville, you know, I went to school with them. We got along fine, but you, we didn't see, I didn't feel the racism. Mm -hmm. Only when I started getting older and going to high school myself did I start to see that there were some differences. Yeah. That were, and then I started to experience some of the things. Um, I can remember being in high school and there was an interracial couple that had a lot of trouble at school because they wanted to date. Mm -hmm. And one was... Um, one was a cheerleader, and um, the other one was on the basketball team. And they were shunned. They were told no, they couldn't date because of, they, of the color of their skin. Yeah. So that's when I started seeing racism in our community. Um, and I remember uh, Lewis, Reverend Lewis Coleman, when he was re leading the marches, I was still kind of young, but trying to learn what's this all about. So I. I that's when I really started to take an interest in civil rights. Mm -hmm. And uh, a couple of years um, ago, um, a man came to our NAACP meeting. This is after I've joined the NAACP, um, gotten involved, did the secretary, and then came to the part where they needed a president. Because I'm always doing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Wrapped in, and I became the president. And I've been the president now for about eight years. So, um, and we, I've, our branch has come back. I think we were a little dead, and we've come back. And we're, we're starting to do things in the community. But um, Doug came, uh, his name is Doug Welch, he came to our meeting. And he wanted to share some information about the National um, Museum on Peace and Justice that's in Montgomery, Alabama. And he also shared the information on the lynchings that had occurred in Shelby County. Didn't have a clue. Mm. Didn't know anything about it. Mm. Didn't know that it exists. You know, we heard about lynchings, but we just didn't think it, it, it was in our community. But I do recall as a young person, um, I guess I probably was in the ninth grade, eighth, maybe eighth or ninth grade, when uh, the Ku Klux Klan came to Shelby County. I remember that. I remember the fear that people had. And still being young, it wasn't really regulating with me what was going on, but I knew the fear that I saw in the, in the people. Um, so Doug talked about the Equal Justice Initiative and uh, what it was doing for um, the community. And he asked us if we wanted to, to uh, proceed to try to, to bring up the history about lynching and Shepherd County. Doug was very passionate about this, and uh, I, I thought, thought about it, and I prayed about it, and I said, we're going to be opening up some can of worms. I knew that. I said, we might not get, and some of my members even said, we, we, we don't want to do this. You know, mm -hmm. but We finally came to the agreement that the NAACP would take on this project, um, um, and that's how the Shelbyville Community Remembrance Coalition came to be. Mm -hmm. um, that's how we kind of got started. Mm 
Yeah, yeah. So you got started, and um, you guys have you guys have gone through a wonderful process. Yes. I've really appreciated uh, the process. Tell us about the process that you guys have gone through. What's been hard about it? Okay. What successes have you seen? Well, you know, we followed uh, the Equal Justice Initiative, which is in uh, Montgomery, Alabama. They're the project head. Then the first thing that we had to do is we had donor community support. Mm. Uh, that's one of the first things that EJI requests is that you have at least five entities in the community that's willing to work with you. So there's no doubt that this group of people that have come together is not God led. Mm-hmm. We have had a passionate meeting. We've had some meetings that only God was in. Mm-hmm. Just we're all on the same page. We haven't. You know how committees come together and they argue about stuff. We haven't. <laughs> committees had that. do that. Haven't <laughs> had that. It's been a joyous time. It's been a sad time. We've cried together because of some of the things we've been very passionate about. What we're doing. We're committed and. We, we tease Alvin all the time because Alvin said we, we thought we were going to get through this process in two or three months and be done with. He said, I'm all in it for two or three months. And it's going down into two years. We're, and we're still going headstrong into it. So we always tease him about that. Yeah. Um, we immediately started meeting. We met for weeks, every week, there for several months, getting the information. Uh, we identified who the six men were that were lynched in uh, Shelby County. I'll mention their names. Reuben Dennis, he was lynched February the 25th of 1878. Sam Pulliam, who was lynched July the 20th, 1891. Clarence Garnett and Jimbo Fields were both lynched on October the 2nd, 1901. Eugene Marshall and Wade Patterson were both lynched on January the 15th, 1911. So we've gathered their stories. We've gathered together what the, what happened to lead up to their lynchings. Um, and so um, in February, um, we used our, the NAACP has what's called a freedom fund, um, Soul Food Dinner, I'm sorry, Soul Food Dinner. And we introduced the project then to the community. Um, that was something that EJI, the whole base of this is to get people and communities talking and discussing racial violence, racial uh, disparities. So we got together and said we would have a community talk, and we presented the project and what we wanted to do to the community. Um, after we had um, the, the uh, soul food dinner, we continued with open dialogue by having forums with the community. We had about five open forums, where we invited the community to come in. We put it in the paper. We sent out flyers, we talked about it in social media so that people knew that they could come. And we had groups, well, 20 or 30 at a time that came out to participate in the discussions um, about lynching and shared their stories. And um, those were some of the hardest conversations because, how do I say it, some of them were they didn't know what was going on. Or they didn't realize the disparities. Um, then in September of last year, we did what we call soil, what is called a soil collection ceremony. We went, Reverend Marshall went over and 
down in the Finchville area towards almost Tigersville to the spot where we knew one of the men were, um, was killed and gathered the soil there. We gathered the soil down at the Huda um, Thunkett Bridge, is what, what it's called in Shelby County, but where the, the old railroad bridge behind the uh, county clerk's office. Mm -hmm. uh, we gathered soil there in the areas and we brought the, that soil back and uh, EJI provides these jars with the names of the people on them. Mm -hmm. And you fill the jars up with the soil. And we collected the soil. We told the stories on that day. That Saturday, we had probably about 100, 110, 15 people that came out that morning. It was hot. Mm. They had to, but it was, uh, but it was a good day. Um, we, um, all the people were able to go around. We had the uh, the soil in buckets, and they were able to fill up the jars. Mm. And just the expression on people's faces, oh. the emotion, it just told the story. It helped to uh, lay the groundwork to know that what we were doing was needed in our community. Mm. Um, that we were healing some hurts, but knowing that we still have a long way to go. We will, like I said, we'll be announcing when the dedication ceremony will happen. We're hoping this fall, but with COVID-19, it's <laughs> kind of, you know, that's taking over. All plans out the window. We, so we're hoping that by the fall, we were, we were uh, EJI has set up some scheduled times when we could do certain things. So we were looking at the fall, November uh, timeframe to be able to uh, get the markers installed and, and do the dedication ceremony. Yeah. And then that would kind of end that portion of the project. But it's still, really the beginning, you know, right? it's really the beginning because people will still have time to, to reflect and talk, and it'll be a talking point from mm -hmm. here on out. And, um, our group is really excited about that because I think we started a conversation here in the community that people needed to hear and needed to share. Um, and I think it's opened doors for other things to, to occur. Um, like what we're doing now, we're trying to let people know how we feel about things, about uh, this community. There are people here in the community that close their minds to what's going on. And now they're starting to talk. So I think, you know, that's opening up doors for people to talk. Because we did have people that said, why are you bringing this up? Why do you want to bring out this? Leave it, leave it buried, don't. And now they're, they're kind of turning the curve and saying, okay, I see why. And with what's going on today, why not? We need to talk about this. Well, Janice, on behalf of Christ Community Church, but but really from me, um, thank you. Um, thank you for being gracious to me. Uh, I, I, I cold called you a long time ago and said, I just read about this and help me know what to do. And you were so warm and inviting and uh, you made sure to include me in some of those listening sessions and processes. And, uh, and you stayed on me uh, yes. and that was good. And um, more than that, thank you for just continuing to graciously re-invite uh, me and others into the conversation. Because we're all involved. Yeah. We've got to be in the conversation. We can't be separate. Yeah. We've got to all be in the conversation. That's the only way. That's what God wants. Yeah. We've got to show love to one another. 